0: When the Ashley case blew up, I felt like that was kind of the um like the straw that broke the camel's back that' like, okay, we need to do something now because like if we don't do something now, like the children, the generations to come, they're gonna continue suffering in school, and like um, I can't like sit with myself knowing that like I know these things happen, but not do anything about it.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to Spectrum Podcast. Your safe space for LGBTQ voices, stories and dialogue. So we have a very powerful episode for you today as my guest today is Elijah Tay, one of the three individuals who was arrested for staging a protest outside the Ministry of Education on January 26th. Elijah is a 19-year-old founder of My Queer Stories Singapore, which shares stories of discrimination that LGBTQ Singaporeans face. Elijah is also non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. So I wanted to invite Elijah onto the show so that people can hear from their own words rather than through third-person reporting in the media what actually happened and how everything went down leading up to their arrest and what happened after. In this interview, we'll also talk about how Elijah first discovered they were trans, dealing with gender dysphoria, and their personal experience as a trans individual in Singapore. So, thank you for coming on the show today, Elijah. And I thought it was really important that people hear directly from you what exactly had happened. And perhaps we can start with what inspired you to take part in that protest.
0: Alright, so, um, personally, as a trans student in school, um, who is assigned female at birth, but presents in a more masculine way, I face transphobia not only from, like, the general school population but even from like staff members themselves so like one very significant incident that like um has like greatly impacted me I would say is that um during a lecture um like during a lecture in sec 4 um before the lecture started the teacher uh looked at me like because uh, I was sitting like rather like Oh say like a bit laps up. <laughs> Sorry, what is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah. what is, um like um not not in a very proper way. Okay. So like uh I was sitting with like my legs slightly ajar and then I uh-huh. was wearing a skirt at that time. Oh. But like everyone was kinda sitting that way because mm-hmm. like no one really cared. Mm. But then the teacher like targeted me, like she made like eye contact mm-hmm. with me and then she told me to sit properly. Okay. And then she followed with a statement saying that um as long as you're wearing a skirt, I take that you're a girl. If you want to be a guy, wait for your next life. Wow <laughs> Yeah then I was like This was in JC This was in sec 4 Sec 4 Yeah okay. So I was like Huh? Teachers can make this kind of statement wow. Like why Why do they think that Uh, Why Why did she think that it was a sensitive <laughs> comment to make Like did she not see how like it could be offensive Like um, especially since like She doesn't know whether I'm like trans or not mm-hmm. And like to make that statement is like It's transphobic la, it's an Mm -hmm. offensive statement Mm. And like because she's a teacher that's like respected in the school And like personally I respected her a lot as well as like one of my teachers I was quite like taken aback And I felt like I couldn't trust like any other staff member Cause like if a teacher I respect so much like can make this kind of statement Then like what more like the other Mm. teachers that are in this school right
1: Wow so she said it in front of the whole class
0: Yeah in front of the whole actually There was about like about three quarters of the cohort was there for like um a remedial class uh, mm. a mass like remedial How, what class. was your reaction like what was the reaction of everybody from what i remember like i think after she made that statement like the whole like lecture theater like fell silent but like no one really said anything and i didn't say anything either cuz i was very like taken aback mm. so i was just like oh <laughs> like, I was just like sitting there and i felt like very uncomfortable throughout like the whole um lecture like although she didn't call me out explicitly but like i think we all kind of knew that she was like talking to me la like, cause like, I can see like the line of in, eye contact. In your
1: that. batch were you the only one
0: who identifies as trans? From what I know, yeah. Okay. I don't I don't know anyone else in my batch who identifies as trans So it's like clearly she was yeah. targeting you? Yeah, it okay. seems a lot like that. Yeah. So like I felt very like helpless. Like there were no like avenues or like clear avenues of support which i could seek in school Mm. and like i didn't know which teachers to turn to i didn't know if there were policies that like protected me from like this kind of discrimination so i like kept it to myself um like i talked to a few friends about it but like i didn't report it to the school or anything for a good two years Mm. and when i finally did like raise it up to one of the school leaders in J2, which was last year, cause Mm -hmm. like, ah, I'm gonna graduate anyway, so may as well, like, get it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, then, um, I was telling him about it, like, cause I've had suppressed it for so long, I, like, broke down during the meeting, and then, but then, like, um, his response was that that isn't discrimination, and you shouldn't feel too hurt. (laughs) And then I was like, (laughs) yeah, I felt even more helpless, and like, I think that's really what, like, it was a very, like, in-my-face moment that, like, okay, schools are not gonna protect trans kids, and there needs to be explicit policies to, like, protect trans kids in schools, lah. So, like, um, based on personal experience, and also, like, cause I run my Queer Story SG, so, um, and, like, I think, like, the, most of the demographic for the page is, like, youth who, like, have written in, so, like, they talk about, like, their instances of discrimination in, like, family and, like, in schools as well. So, um, reading like their stories and like seeing them like really like pour out like their like instances of like trauma and like how much these things affect like their mental health their day-to-day and even like simply existing um i empathize with that a lot and um i don't know it's just like very apparent that like transphobia exists like especially in schools and like because students are in a very like vulnerable position they don't have like Oftentimes they don't have a voice to like speak up when they are like within these institutions themselves. So when the Ashley case blew up, I felt like that was kind of the um like the straw that broke the camel's back. That like, okay, we need to do something because like if we don't do something now, like the children, the generations to come, they're gonna continue suffering in school and like um I can't like sit with myself knowing that like I know these things happen but not do anything about it. And like we have. I feel like we have exhausted like all the avenues of reaching out for support already. Like I mean, like on a community level, there are initiatives like Trust Befrienders who like support, who like roll out, um, like educational support for like O level, A level, and level students. Like I think they started the initiative like sometime last year, and then um, we also have like organizations like Tea Project where like people can donate to. And we have like written to like ministers We have like people writing like lists of demands Statements of solidarity Mm -hmm. um, And all this stuff But there seems to be like little to no progress When it Mm -hmm. comes to like building a more like Inclusive space in society or like even in school Mm -hmm. And um, it's like a very strong feeling of like Helplessness knowing that like We are not going anywhere And like children are going to continue to suffer So Mm -hmm. I guess that's what um, led me to like uh like the protest mm. like okay like someone has to listen right now. Like it's um we need to get the conversation going, we need to start a substantive conversation, actually do something to protect these trans kids because these are real problems that require like real solutions and actual attention, uh that leaders of our nation and our schools should pay attention to. Mm. Yeah.
1: I definitely feel your passion and i empathize with what you've been through mm-hmm. um i want to ask you like what were you hoping
0: to achieve
1: then from doing this protest
0: mm-hmm. i guess like definitely to like open up more conversations to like do something that because like the problem with why trans kids are continuing to like face discrimination is because like that is the status quo in our society currently and like by doing something like a protest that breaks the status quo that's a I feel like that's a symbolic gesture to shift the... How to say like, hmm. Yeah, like, just to break the status quo. And, like, to get a very strong conversation coming. And I think, like, the main um, intention of me, like, like, what I hope most from the protest is that MOE will really, like, take this issue seriously and, like, um, do something as simple as, like, properly, like, um... Referring to the trans student instead of misgendering her mm. and like also think about like what substantive policies can be put in place to mm-hmm. protect these kids like, instead of constantly just sweeping it under the rug yeah. mm. did you expect what happened um did you expect that the police were going to be
1: called? Did you expect to get arrested did you did you anticipate that would happen
0: i mean like I knew that i was um I was participating in a peaceful like demonstration without a permit. So like okay. on that basis I did expect like police interference. Mm-hmm. La. Yeah. But um yeah, I guess I kinda expected like police, like security guard, police coming. But what I didn't expect was how soon they came. Okay. Cause like um like the security guard came like I think like within like five minutes. And then like in the next in the next like two to three minutes like a swarm of like plain-clothes police officers like came by wow. already. Then like it was a very like i guess like shocking moment cuz mm-hmm. like it's like so many officers and like how they come so fast right, right, <laughs> yeah right. okay but this mm-hmm. this
1: protest was planned amongst your group mm-hmm. prior it wasn't like a spontaneous thing that happened right
0: yeah we planned it How long it prior. Did,
1: how long did you all take to plan this Uh just about a week okay yeah. could could um the authorities might have gotten wind of this planned protest I guess I'm suspecting so ah, <laughs> yeah okay it's possible okay that's very interesting mm. okay so what actually happened talk me through mm-hmm. um, okay number one like you anticipated that it was gonna happen and mm. you know that you went to protest knowingly without a permit
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the question I think on a lot of people's minds is would be why
0: didn't y'all get a permit mm-hmm. yeah I guess like cause we already know that like it's not gonna be approved like we look at like the history of like People would try to apply for permits. I think like I remember seeing somewhere that like someone wanted to stage like a ten minute like demonstration at Tuas at in the middle of the night and like the permit got rejected. So like what if, was like, that for? That I don't remember. So nothing yeah. LGBTQ related. I don't think it was oh, okay. LGBTQ. Uh, All right. related. Yeah. So like, if like simple things like this, which like like very clearly does not disrupt any like public order cause the guy is gonna just stand there in the middle of the night with no audience for 10 minutes. So like, if things like this are not gonna get approved then like what more like something that draws direct attention to like a systemic flaw. Mm. Yeah, so like we felt like the permit wasn't gonna go through anyway so mm-hmm. we just like decided to like stage the protest. Right. Like, yeah,
1: Okay yeah. so you went down knowing the risks. Yeah. Of what may, might happen mm-hmm. So you're not Exactly surprised Because mm-hmm. you kind of Like expected it And anticipated it Yep Um Now Okay my question Would be really like were you worried About the reper- repercussions Of your actions And how it might Affect your future With regard to Employability And your career For example
0: mm-hmm. Yeah I guess like Those things Did go through my mind But like Um I was thinking more of like The bigger picture Like um Okay, sure, maybe I could get a criminal record. Maybe like employers will be concerned about that. But like I think that if someone like I guess like I'll talk about like employability first. Like if someone really values like why I work, I don't think that this history of like um staging a protest would be something that bothers them. And in fact, like because I'm quite involved in like activism and whatnot, I think like um being part of this protest itself is something like um that Reflects like the values and principles that I stand by, so um, I'm not too concerned about it affecting employability and whatnot. And um, even if we look at like just criminal record at face value, um, I don't know. I don't mind. Like I'm most willing to like take that risk to like take that personal sacrifice if it means that like it opens up more space for a civil society to like fight for our rights and to make life better for like the generations to come and like everyone else la. yeah mm. beautifully said
1: thank <laughs> you so what was the experience like Like after you got arrested mm-hmm. then what happened?
0: alright so we were brought to like the three of us who were arrested we were brought into the police vehicle and like in the vehicle we were handcuffed before we were brought into the station
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I remember like we spent about like five hours in there like half the time was like just waiting and then like there was like frisking also Like they had to check like whether we had stuff on our body mm. Like like weapons and all that lah, like the standard protocol and all that Were you frisked by a male or female officer? Uh, female officer Okay Yeah Um, we were frisked like twice Once when we first got to the station mm-hmm. Second time before we met the investigating officer mm-hmm. Yeah, so Yeah, so like there was a very long waiting period It was just sitting there and like, I remember just like, um, like just leaning my head back and like closing my eyes because like I really had nothing to do, I had no TikTok to scroll because they took my phone <laughs> and all that uh-huh. stuff and because like, um, it was a Tuesday, I was supposed to go for like drum lessons then uh-huh. I was like, damn it, I don't think I can be able to make it anymore <laughs> so I <like, We> just <laughs> like closed my eyes and I imagined like the drums uh-huh. and like I was just practicing in my head so like, anyways, like we waited for a really long time So you were like in lockup for 5 hours? Uh, we were in lockup, yeah, yeah, like the whole duration Ooh. at the station was about 5 hours And then yeah. were you uh in the cell like together or were you all separated? I was in a cell with like Koki for a while mm-hmm. And then after that I was brought out and then like Loon was brought into like the cell that Koki was in mm-hmm. Yeah, so um yeah la. so like very long waiting, but then the cell was very like echoey, so like mm. when we tried to talk to each other, we couldn't hear each other, either, oh, and even we, though were, we were in the same cell. yeah how's, how's that we was we the cell?
1: I've, I've never like experienced it before, How and I big think a lot this? of people have <laughs> no idea. yeah well,
0: what can I compare it against? <laughs> um, I guess the size of like a bedroom size. Or mm, I guess about a bedroom, a bedroom size, room but a bit size? bigger. Okay. Yeah, and oh, okay. then like me and Koki, we were locked up at like different corners, so uh-huh. like we couldn't hear each other when what we do were trying you to you? Were sleep. locked
1: up in different corners.
0: Like, cause like um, there were like bars like surrounding uh-huh. the like. Oh, so you area. couldn't move
1: freely within that cell. Yeah, we couldn't. Oh, so, I so was they, like, cuffed to. They that actually cuff you to something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you can't even like get up and walk around. No, I couldn't.
0: Yeah. For five hours. Um, that was for like the lockup duration Like before we were brought into the interrogation okay. So like, I guess like my only walking about was like going to the washroom mm. And like walking to like the frisking area And then like to the locker and to the um investigating room But every time we would be accompanied by like one or two officers mm-hmm. like, Yeah
1: So during this time, uh, were you given anything to eat?
0: Oh yeah, they gave us like one like chocolate bun Okay And like they asked us Oh, not really. They asked us. I told them I needed water, so like they like um brought it to us in a styrofoam cup, la. Right. Yeah.
1: And then uh, did you have that one phone call thing? Um, did you call anybody?
0: Oh no, I didn't call anyone. It's just um during the investigation. Mm-hmm. Is it the questioning itself? Mm-hmm. Like the officer asked me, like who should like who should she call to like bail me out? So I just gave like my mom's number, and mm-hmm. then she was the one who like called my mom, like Right.
1: Yeah. So then, after five hours, you were released,
0: mm, and then yeah. your mum
1: bailed you out and came
0: to get you. Uh, I was released on bail, so like the bailers, like my mom and my dad, like they came down. Mm-hmm. So I like had to sign like the bail form and like everything, and then after that, I was released.
1: Mm. Yeah. So bail out means that they had to put money. Is it they had to pay something or?
0: Oh no, for this one they didn't have to. Okay, they will only have to pay something if I don't turn up at the station. Like when they call me to because okay, yeah. right, like right. they put like a date like mm-hmm. on the bill slip. Okay. Where we have to go back to the station just to like let them know, hey, I didn't run away, I'm still here, mm. <laughs> you can still like investigate me and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I just have to appear like in the station to say hi and then like leave. Otherwise mm. like there would be like uh like a penalty to like pay la. right? Yeah.
1: So they've called you in for questioning twice already. Mm, yeah. And then what's the next step from here? Is do you do you have a court date or or what, what's gonna happen?
0: No, we're not sure on all this yet. Yeah, I just have to like go for like the bail thing. Like in a few days, like just to appear at a station, and like yeah. So they know I didn't run away la, <laughs> That kind mm. of stuff. Yeah. So that's as far as I know what's gonna happen. Ev- anything else, I'm not too sure yet. Yeah. Mm.
1: So like you know when the news broke, and then there started being all these reports in the media, mm-hmm. and be- your friends maybe or have and family all have been seeing you.
0: Uh, what was the reactions like? Like when I first managed to like have access to the internet mm-hmm. after that, um, like there were just a lot of like messages of like concern, like oh are you okay? I think I saw you in the news earlier. Were you arrested? <laughs> What's going on? Are you still at the station? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it was mostly, like, concern, but, like, there were also people who were in solidarity and support. Like, oh my god, I saw you on the news just now. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for standing up for the community, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very heartening to see people, like, just um, suddenly, like, bringing their attention to, like, this issue. And, like, being in solidarity with, like, the protesters and the trans community in Singapore, especially. And, like, people who usually aren't vocal about like um civil society issues. I see them like posting on their story like hey like um hashtag fix schools not students and like sh re-sharing, like posts on Instagram like okay read this Twitter thread and that kind of stuff. So like um there was a lot of support lah, which I feel very like oh by <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and like I think like something that really touched my heart was like receiving support from um Like juniors in school or like people who were from my school and like graduated because um i've like from my personal experience i've always known of my school to be a rather like conservative space but like to have these like one or two like um more open-minded people like reach out to me it like gave me more like hope as in in terms of like okay there are still people in this school who can bring about change although i've graduated already so, like, um, I mean, like, there's also alongside that, like, worries of them being, like, victims of discrimination as well. But it's also, like, hopeful to know that, like, not all people in my school are, like, close-minded and, like, just, like, yeah, are close-minded la. And, um... Yeah, when I got home, my sisters were very excited that, like, I was at the station. They're like, how, how was the police station and everything? <laughs> 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 yeah, but, like, um my... But they've they always been very supportive, like, ever since, like, I started, like, MicroStory SG and all that. They're always very excited to, like, share about, like, um my advocacy work and mm-hmm. all that. And, like, I thought it was really cute that my sister, like, she was making muffins one day. And then, um, she made one, like, specially for me And then she wrote on top, like, fake schools, not students mm, And then I was like, this is so pure yeah, <laughs> Like, so a 13 sweet. year old, like, being in solidarity with, like, the so movement sweet. It's like, there's hope for our future, la, mm-hmm, like, yeah mm-hmm. You're giving me goosebumps, man <laughs> Yeah,
1: so, so this, uh, fake schools, not students mm-hmm. Is a, this movement is started by you?
0: Um, it started by, like, all of us, la Who, like, um like, saw the problem of, like, transphobia in the first place and then went to MOE to, like, protest, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's how the, like, this hashtag came about and where the campaign kind of, like, officially started, lah. Yeah. But there's always been conversations going along. I guess, like, it was just, like, this protest that really, like, okay, pay attention now, let's talk about this now. These demands have to be met, like, right now, you know, like, these are like serious needs and like conversations that we should be having in this moment because trans kids are suffering in schools like today it's a real thing yeah Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: we're all dealing with a lot of challenges right now just trying to get through this pandemic and i just want you to know that there's no shame in seeking the help we need safe space is an organization that connects users with counselors including lgbt friendly counselors for online and offline counseling sessions so if you're feeling stressed burnt out or having relationship or marriage problems and you need to talk to someone for help don't hesitate to reach out to their professional therapists at safespace.sg to book a counseling session and improve your mental well-being today so okay, at this juncture right now, mm-hmm. um, what's gonna happen? Do you know, in terms of the criminal mm. case?
0: I mean, like right now we have been to the station like about like two times for like, the people who protested to like have follow up investigations and whatnot. And currently, it seems like we are kinda like like they have exhausted the questions that they wanna ask us. So I don't think that we'll be called down to the station again. What soon. kind of questions
1: did they ask? Can you share? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean like generally it's just like oh um who organized the protest? Um run me through like <laughs> the entire day, what time do you go where? And then like when do you reach the station? No not the station, like MOE and stuff like that. Um like who was there? Do you recognize these people in the photo? Like very typical like investigation questions, like
1: As in the people yeah. would be the people you were protesting with. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Like oh identify them, do you know them personally? Whose contact number do you have? That kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay. Right.
1: Yeah, okay, another another thing I was wondering about, right, mm-hmm. was five people protested, yep. only three got arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two left before the police came, is it? Yep, that's right. Okay, so in in a way you knew the police was coming. There mm-hmm. was a sort of like a window where you could have left also to avoid being arrested. Um, why did you choose to stay on?
0: Like, um... I mean, like the point of me protesting in the first place is that I want to make like a stand, and it made sense for me to like stay through the whole process, to like reflect the sincerity in my cause, which is like to stand up for like trans rights for like students in like MOE schools. So I decided to like stay through, to like do just that la. Yeah, to show that like I'm very serious about like what I'm standing for. My message is something that. I hope that you'll listen to Like right now And pay attention to mm-hmm. And I'm not leaving until Like something is done about it mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm. On hindsight Do you regret those actions? No, no. at all. Okay <laughs> Yeah Okay
1: um, Obviously it sounds like You've been through a lot In your journey And In your school journey In your personal journey That led you to this point That mm-hmm. you felt like You really needed to do something So that There could be change f- That positive change for the next generation mm-hmm. um, talk to me more about your personal gender identity mm-hmm.
0: like when did you first realise you were trans alright so um, so in sec 4 I was quite involved in like Man's, uh Model United Nations so like these are things where like um, it's basically like a like we just pretend that we are in the UN and then like we discuss like um, pertinent like global issues la. so anyways like because I was quite involved in like sec four, so like by the end of it, I started like chairing councils and like, um, because of that, I had to write like third person like biographies. It's like a standard like month thing to like have these like release so that your delegates know who you are before the conference and all that. So like when while I was like writing my biography using like she her pronouns, I realized that I was very like uncomfortable like referring to myself with like these like, um, like with like feminine terms lah. And then so like at a point in time, I still didn't quite know what exactly like pronouns were or like what non-binary was, but I just like felt really off for me. So I started writing in like using they and pronouns instead, and that like it helped me feel a lot more comfortable. like I felt like that like represented myself a lot more authentically la, and made me feel a lot more comfortable. So like for the year, like whenever I had to write in third person, like in j1. Like, whenever I had to write into a person, I made sure I always use like, date and pronouns, and, mm. like, that's something that, like, gave me a sense of, like, gender euphoria. But I still couldn't quite, like, put, like, words to it at that point. So, eventually, like, after, like, reading up more about, like, pronouns, about, like, what gender identity is, about, like, what it means to be non-binary, then I realised, like, hey, that fit me, like, perfectly. Like, mm. I... And non binary. Yeah. Right. That was the aha moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. So like, I guess it took me about like a year to figure it out. And, and like, that was last year or two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like whenever I look at like myself or like photos of myself, mm-hmm. I don't see like male or female. Like, I don't think like those fit quite right mm-hmm. with me. And I always felt that like um like personally I don't feel like I fit in the binary genders either. Lah. So I feel that um yeah, so that's when I kind of knew that I'm non-binary. Yeah. Mm,
1: okay, so two things here right, one is about pronoun usage and mm-hmm. the, the other one is about non-binary. Yeah. Okay, let's tackle the pronoun usage first. Right. Okay, <laughs> Can you go deeper into like correct pronoun usage and mm-hmm. how other people should go about it? Why is it important and how should we go about it?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean like pronoun usage, it's, like, it's kind of like your name, like, you don't want to be called like anything other than like what you're comfortable being addressed as. Like, my name is Elijah. I wouldn't want some random person to just come up to me and like start calling me Chris because like that's not who I am. It doesn't make sense. So like very similarly, um, I use like they-them pronouns. So like if people use like he or she pronouns on me, it would feel like like that's not representative of who I am and like I feel, I would feel quite disrespected la, mm-hmm. if you don't use like the correct terms for me. Mm. So like that's on pronoun usage la.
1: yeah. Okay. So a a question that I often get right from from mm. people who are not within the community mm-hmm. is, should we ask the person if we're unsure?
0: Mm. I think like that would be a good practice, but like it also depends on the context. Like so, say you're in like a like Zoom conference with like hundred participants, you don't just unmute yourself and like point directly to a person and ask, "What are your pronouns?" I think like oftentimes, like if you're unsure, um, it's good to like ask like privately as well like hey um i just want to like make sure i get your pronouns right like what pronouns do you use mm-hmm. um and like are you okay if i use it in like certain contexts cuz like some people are like out in like certain social circles but not in other social circles so like i think aside from like asking what pronouns someone uses mm-hmm. it's also good to ask like okay what pronouns should i use like in this space and like is it okay if i use it in this space as well mm. so that like we want to like make sure like our trans friends are like as protected as possible yeah as safe as possible yeah right
1: you talked about your name being elijah from my understanding it's not the name you were born with Mm -hmm. and you gave it to yourself um tell me more about that like when did you
0: change your name and why did you choose elijah Mm -hmm. okay so like i've always wanted like an english name and like um i think i was born only with my parents only gave me like a Chinese name lah. So I thought it would be cool. Like I mean like from the get go, I always wanted an English name, but like um last year I was like, okay, yeah, I wanna think about this seriously right now. So like I started asking my friends like, hey, what name do you think would fit me best? And all that stuff. And like there were like a lot of suggestions. I did a lot of research as well, like what what about like the names they suggested and then like what is the meaning behind it. So like one of my friends suggested Elijah, and I was like, huh, that sounds pretty nice. And like I've always wanted a name like that starts with J, but like all the J names didn't seem to like <laughs> resonate with me. So like Elijah has J like, names. are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like Elijah has like a J inside, and I like I like the sound of like J. So uh-huh. like it's like okay, that sounds pretty good. And uh, so I started telling my friends, okay, could you like refer to me as Elijah from now on? But what and does it mean though? What is it It means um, Yahweh is God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know it's a Bible term, mm-hmm. Bible name. Mm-hmm. Are you religious? Um, I believe in Christ. Okay. I wouldn't really label myself as Christian because mm-hmm. I don't fit. Uh, I don't align myself with like most like Christians who are relatively more conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would say that like I'm... A rather strong believer of god and like the greatness that he brings into this world mm-hmm. or at least he hopes that we bring into this world as like right. his um children la. okay
1: yeah. uh were you
0: baptized as christian when you were young or how did oh, you no. um i was brought up in a household of free thinkers okay and i only got to know god for myself about two years ago when okay. i started exploring like religion mm-hmm. like i just wanted to like um, I was just curious about like what religion was Cause like I've never had that like growing up So I like started going to like Temples mm. and like churches Just to like um, check them out la. Like right. see like what it's like to be in a Space where like people are so Like full of faith and all that mm-hmm. And like eventually like I got Drawn to like the messages That were being preached in like one of The churches that I attended mm-hmm. And um it deeply resonated With me how like how full of justice and like how like like messages of like uplifting the vulnerable, the less privileged and all that and like that aligns very deeply with like my personal values as well mm-hmm. and like um yeah so like through the process I kind of got to know like God for myself started praying and all that so I guess it was a very like gradual transition into mm. like um becoming like a believer of Christ la. Right yeah. right.
1: How do you feel when people <laughs> call you Elijah then?
0: Oh I feel like affirmed okay. <laughs> and like um... Respected. Like, right. mostly affirmed, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I see you, mm. you know, and this is who you are. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, like,
1: in school, because uh, you graduated from JC last year.
0: Mm, yeah, that's right.
1: So, in school, were you st- were you using the name Elijah? Oh, I was still going by eating. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, so, it's like,
0: fairly recent then. Um, I made the switch to Elijah last year, actually. Okay. But, like, because my school is still a relatively more, like, conservative space. Uh-huh. So, I didn't feel safe, like... Letting okay. people know that I prefer Elijah mm. And that I use date and pronouns, that kind of stuff right. So, like, I wasn't very vocal Like, mm. I wasn't exactly very vocal about my identity in school like. Okay yeah.
1: In your workplace now, uh, mm. do they call you Elijah?
0: Oh, yes, they okay. call me Elijah In fact, like, I made, like, all my applications signing off as Elijah Okay Yeah, so Okay, cool, cool
1: Okay, so, you know, within the trans community There's also this concept of dead naming mm, Yeah um, So can you explain like what it means and how it makes you feel as a trans person?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so dead naming is basically like um addressing a trans person by a name that they were assigned with at birth that they currently do not like associate themselves with. So for instance, like um a trans like man who was born with the name like say like Mary And then like He currently like Doesn't use that name Like maybe he goes by Like Michael right now And um Like dead naming Is when like Despite knowing that Um He doesn't like the name Mary You will constantly like Refer to him as Mary And like Uh Addressing him as Mary And I And Yeah like, That's dead naming like Okay and It's very disrespectful Cause like Um It directly like Disrespects like What name like He goes by mm. And um it's like telling. It's like telling you, like, I don't see you, and I'm just gonna use the name that I want to use because it's convenient for me, and I do not like respect what you go by, yeah. right? So that's the naming.
1: So basically, in other words, lah, date naming mm. is intentional. I guess is it? oftentimes, yeah. Okay, so. Mm. It, because sometimes, right, especially like say if it's a family member mm-hmm. that they've known you as a certain name for so long mm-hmm. like also you just mentioned, yeah. um, it's hard for them to kind of like shift mm-hmm. you know, and adopt that new practice overnight for example. Yeah. So if they do it like mistakenly
0: or mm-hmm. not intentionally, is it still referred to as de- dead naming? I guess it could still be because okay. like um, when it comes to things like discrimination and all that, it's oftentimes like what is being received by the person who is being hurt rather than like what is intended, yeah,
1: because like for me, I'm always trying to see things from both perspectives, mm-hmm, right, and on one hand, I can understand that it might be tough and challenging for the non trans person who mm-hmm. may be straight, cisgender mm-hmm. um who who's not familiar with all this, and they don't understand like why is it such a big deal, you mm-hmm. know yeah. um yeah, so like like maybe can you explain deeper like? why is it so disrespectful and why is it so hurtful and harmful to the trans person to date name yeah I Be- mean, because mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. right why it's, this is especially significant is because w- we know that that moe statement that came mm-hmm. out called the trans person by he
0: mm-hmm, yeah
1: and and misgendered them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that's why there's been like so much um, debate over it And mm-hmm. that's why The whole Incident exploded I mean mm-hmm. it, it was the catalyst For it to explode Even more yeah. Right Yeah So
0: perhaps you can Shed some light on that also Yeah I mean like um, I mean when someone Like comes forward And I like, say like This is who I am And this is how Like You should address me then I think like It's bare minimum To like um, Like respect What they go by Like their pronouns Their name And To simply like deviate from that and like ignore that close by eyes and like call them by like a different name or like a different set of pronouns then that is something that is um like it just tells them that like i don't see you and like i don't care about like what your identity is i only care about what um narrative i want to force onto you and like how i want you to conform to society standards Yeah.
1: yeah right I think um, why that statement also was quite, or the statements coming mm-hmm. out is quite pro- problematic, and why it's galvanized so much of the community to start speaking out mm-hmm. is because of the contradictory nature of mm-hmm. the statements that are coming out. Because on one hand, it says that we respect the mm-hmm. gender or what, what the, the individual mm-hmm. wants, but at the same time, they do something like that mm-hmm. by misgendering yeah. the, the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. As a trans person Have you Do you experience Gender dysphoria
0: mm, Yeah and I mean, How how
1: do you deal with it
0: I mean like I'm born with like Like a female body mm-hmm. So like um, Like the I have like chest dysphoria So like for that Like I wear a binder mm-hmm. And like I wear like Slightly like Baggier clothes So that it doesn't like Show off like My more like Feminine shape mm-hmm. And I try not to wear like Pants that are too tight either Because mm-hmm. that will like Show off my hips And that kind of stuff um, Yeah I guess that's like Pretty much it um, I don't have too much problem with my voice, mm-hmm. uh, or like hair or that. I mean, like, I I don't enjoy having long hair, so like, I've kept like short hair like since um sec two, yeah. And I've been quite comfortable with how I currently express myself, lah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So so you would say you, you you don't really experience much.
0: I mean, like dysphoria um has more to do with like physical experience, physical physical uh, appear, body la, for myself, myself. Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so that's why I wear like binder and like Mm. bigger clothes, that kind of stuff.
1: I think I need your recommendation for binders later. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. How about growing up your personal experience in school? Mm -hmm. Um besides the incident that you shared earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Did you have a lot
0: of other experiences of your peers and teachers being transphobic? Mm, I guess like not so much outrightly in my face Cause like I mean I don't think people in school knew I was trans anyways oh. It was more of like assumptions based on like how I presented myself okay. and all that But there's always like that sense of like being like outcasted Or like knowing that people are gossiping about you okay. because like you're very uh, Because I'm very vocal about LGBT issues mm. without like saying that I am part of the community mm-hmm. But I, th- I guess it was pretty obvious lah but like, I knew that people were like Talking behind my back mm. And all that stuff Were
1: you in an mm. old school Or co-ed school? Co-ed school okay. Yeah.
0: okay yeah So, um But I guess like another Like, memorable experience I had Not memorable in a good sense But like <laughs> Yeah Um Was in Like, sec three. I tried to run for An exco position For CCA And then Um During the interview The teacher told me that like Oh, you know As like the president, you have to be the face of this CCA, and like she, she's—I don't remember what exactly she said, but like she insinuated that like my short hair was not it. Now I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, so like, and then ended up like I didn't get that role. So like, um, I don't know how much that comment affected my like leadership, like opportunity, but it felt like um not physically fitting into like um the social norms of what it looks like to be like. A girl In mm. the school Like They compromise on like The opportunities That I managed to get
1: la. Yeah mm. Yeah I was gonna ask you What do you wish Would have been handled differently Or mm. You know we're talking about The young generation And how Things could be better for them
0: mm-hmm.
1: What would you like to see What kind of changes What
0: kind of systemic changes Would you like to see mm-hmm. I think it would be good If like there are mandatory like sensitivity trainings for like school staff and teachers especially because like they are the direct contact for like children in school and if they don't know how to deal with like these issues like sensitively and like with like um discernment and all that then it doesn't create a safe space for like these kids to like exist in school. I guess like another big problem is also like sexuality education. It's very focused on like um depicting what it looks like to be like this um um like to have like heterosexual relationships and like eventually work towards like a nuclear monogamous family that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i feel like sex ed could be more inclusive in Mm -hmm. like explaining like um objectively like what are different sexualities gender identities that kind of stuff and like going beyond like oh, abstinence is the only way, that kind of stuff, you know? So, like, uh, really, like, bringing about a more, like, holistic, like, sexuality education Mm. so that children are more informed Mm -hmm. and, like, so that kids don't have to turn to, like, the internet and, like, um, that, like, I don't know, I guess, like, sometimes the content could not be very, like, child-friendly but, like, people feel, like, they have no choice but to view, like, certain content anyway because, like, school curriculum is so like lacking and like people are not like understanding what these issues are when like schools should be the institutions that like teach kids like these things mm.
1: yeah that's an excellent point mm-hmm. you know I, I hear young people talking about this a lot mm-hmm. about how much especially young LGBTQ people mm-hmm. about how much they could have benefited from this kind of education mm-hmm. um, a more balanced kind of sexual education yeah. in schools um, but do you think of course, there's there's always that argument in Singapore society. Mm-hmm. Do you think Singapore is ready for that?
0: Mm-hmm. I think like when we ask like, are like are people in Singapore ready for that? Often times, it like boils back down to like what are the systems in place that cause people to not be ready. So like we have like we have a lack of policies that protect like trans kids. We have media restrictions that prevent like objective or positive portrayal of LGBTQ plus characters, we have laws like three seven seven A that continue to um I guess like set a baseline for like homophobia in Singapore. So like when we have these like systemic challenges in place, it's very hard to like talk about are Singaporeans ready? Because like Singaporeans are not ready precisely because of like the legislation and policies in place. So in order to like make like <laughs> make sure that people are ready, we have to first like start from the top of like the power structure that we have and like change policies and laws that can serve to protect everyone and make sure that like all people are truly equal la. and I think that's when um people will take it more seriously to have like their mindsets change or at least like have a more open mind and like engage in more like conversations where there is like common ground and like more room for understanding different perspectives.
1: Mm. yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> That's what we are here for honestly <laughs> the the different perspectives, right. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for for coming on the show and sharing you know maybe before we end off, could you share what your what more hopes
0: and dreams that you have for Singapore and yourself? Definitely. I just really hope that people will um I guess like understand that like everyone is not perfect. Like nobody is perfect. No one has a hundred percent of like knowledge about like what is right, what is good for the world, how do we best build like a Singapore uh for everyone and all that. And I think like that is when it's important for us to like acknowledge our like limitations and like be open to sharing ideas and perspectives with like different people. I think it's only when we have these spaces for conversation where there is um no judgment and just a heart to learn where like society will progress forward and we'll be able to have more critical conversations and serve to be as inclusive as possible not only just of like our people but of our concerns and of all our like um like the principles that we stand by and like the beliefs that we have also yeah Mm. wonderful i really really liked everything that you said
1: um thank you so much i mean it was you made you brought up some really really good points and yeah, I'm also looking forward to this sort of future for Singapore mm-hmm. um, could you share for our listeners like what resources there there are out there for maybe trans kids right now who might be listening to this
0: mm-hmm. like a lot of like uh, if you're in Singapore like a lot of like the more I guess like administrative stuff like or how do you change your name where do you get like therapy and all that there's this website called transgendersg.com I find their resources there like um, very like nicely organized and like accessible, so you could check that out. And um, shout out to Michael story mm-hmm. HG, as well. Uh, if you wanna like listen to like other like experiences that like LGBTQ plus people have in Singapore, whether it's to like empathize with them, find like support, or like just get these stories out, like share the stories so that other people who are outside the community can empathize with us and be motivated to be allies as well, la. Yeah, other than that, um, we also have, um, what's that, DT Project, Mm -hmm. Singapore. So they have, they recently launched like Alicia Community Centre, which is a shelter for trans folks in Singapore. So um, if that's the kind of support you need, you could go to them as well. Mm, They offer counselling services as well. Mm, Yeah. 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 What else is there? Oh, trans befrienders. Mm. Like if you're a student... And school is not exactly the safest space for you to like um, continue on in your education for like A, N, and O levels. Mm-hmm. They provide like tuition support for that as well. And yeah, I think like a lot of organisations and individuals are doing like great work mm. right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very encouraging that there are so many different organ- organisations right now doing this work. Yeah, yeah, right. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you being so open Mm -hmm. and sharing your story so openly Mm -hmm. and making some really, really good points that I hope the authorities somewhere, somehow are listening. (laughs) And I I really pray for the change that that we all want for, for Singapore society as well. Thanks, Elijah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spectrum Podcast. As American writer, TV host, and transgender rights activist Janet Mock said, I believe that telling our stories first to ourselves and then to one another and the world is a revolutionary act. I commend Elijah Tay for their courage in speaking out against transphobia and their hopes for systemic change in how trans kids are treated in the Singapore school system and how sex education in schools should be more inclusive. If you feel this episode can be powerful in continuing this conversation, please share this episode with your friends. And if you haven't already, do subscribe to Spectrum Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and everywhere else that you listen to your favourite podcasts. Let's get more dialogue going so that we can create a more understanding and inclusive society, especially here in Singapore. I'm your host, Jamie Nonis, and if you'd like to connect with me on Instagram, find me at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E-N-O-N-I-S and do follow Spectrum Podcast as well. Find us at Spectrum, S-P-E-Q-T-R-U-M, podcast p-o-d-c-e-s-t thank you once again for tuning in and until next time i pray that you always have the strength and courage to be who you are and know that you are beautiful and loved just the way you are stay safe and take care my friends